I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created to equip you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. In this community, we'll talk about what you care about most, living shamelessly for Jesus, speaking unapologetically for truth, and bringing heaven to earth. So make yourself comfortable. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. So today we're going to be talking about forgiveness. I'm going to be covering the why of forgiveness, why it's important, what's at stake, what's on the other side of forgiveness, and then I'm going to talk about the how of forgiveness. Because I I would go as far to believe that many of us desire to forgive and we do understand the importance of forgiveness, but we just don't really know how to do it. We don't know some practical steps on how to forgive. I I don't feel like I've forgiven. Have I truly forgiven? I say I forgive you. What does that really mean? So we're going to be talking about that today in module seven. Let's get started. The difference between immature believers and mature believers is how they handle offenses. The Bible says that it's impossible that no offenses should come. That was a promise from Jesus. A lot of times we talk about the promises of God, our yes and amen, but we forget that Jesus promised that it is impossible that no offenses come. So we need to start expecting offenses and mature believers respond appropriately to offenses. Now, not every offense is is created equal. Some offenses seem easily forgivable. In others, you wrestle with it for sometimes even years. But it is our responsibility as mature believers who walk in joy, who walk in freedom, and who are going to truly fulfill the mission that God has on our lives. It is our responsibility to forgive. Now, forgiveness does not mean that you are a pushover or that you're just passive. A lot of times, sometimes people will associate passivity with with forgiveness as if it's a personality trait. Hear me, forgiveness is not based on personality. Forgiveness is based on principle. Forgiveness is a principle that spans across every personality and it is applicable to every single believer. So we need to stop using personality as an excuse to not walk in forgiveness. Just because you consider yourself as someone to be strong or hard, you're not a pushover, you don't let people get over on you, that's no excuse not to forgive. It's not about personality. Forgiveness is about principle. One of the things that gives the enemy a foothold is unforgiveness. And I kind of imagine the enemy just laughing at us in hell laughing and claiming victory over us when we sabotage our destiny because we're stuck in the past, because we're stuck in unforgiveness. Many times as believers, we just get stuck in a cycle over and over um, because we're just not willing to forgive the offenses of the past. We say we let it go and then we throw it back in someone else's face. We say that we've truly forgiven and we say it with our mouth, but we're harboring bitterness in our own heart. And it's hindering us from moving forward and it's hindering the destiny that God has for us. I don't believe that God wants to promote you or give you more or allow you to experience more of your destiny, no matter how prepared you are, how gifted you are. 
because he's not going to be able to trust you with people. And honestly, if God is going to give you more spiritually, give you uh, more purpose, more destiny, more of your calling, he is going to give you bigger problems to solve and he's going to assign you to people. And so you need to be able to forgive people expecting that offenses will come. So knowing that offenses will come, knowing that Jesus promised that offenses will come, we need to have a strategy in advance how we're going to respond when offenses do arise. Many times we have insurance for our car, insurance for our homes, but we don't truly have insurance for our souls or even a strategy behind how we're going to respond in the face of offense. And one huge part of that is managing expectation. If we know that the Bible says that it's impossible that no offenses won't come and we can expect to be hurt, whether we've forgiven in the past, we know that we will still need to forgive in the future. We have to manage our expectations accordingly. So instead of being surprised when a friend who we really trusted hurt us, or instead of being shocked when a parent betrays us, whenever, instead of being bewildered whenever we experience church hurt, we should truly expect it. Not in a doom and gloom, suspicious kind of way, but in a realistic, biblical kind of way. Offenses will come. So if we manage our expectations and say, no, I don't expect you to never hurt me. In fact, I expect you to hurt me at some point. So because I know you're going to hurt me, let me decide in advance how I'm going to respond. So a lot of us, we have some things we need to forgive in our past, but we also need to have a plan for how we're going to forgive in the future for people we know are going to hurt us. And catch this, biblically, the same standard that you measure someone else against is the same standard that God is going to measure you for. So if you judge someone else to a high standard and you expect to be forgiven for your offenses then you need to be extending that same grace to other people and not measuring them to a standard that they can't meet, but instead saying, you know what? I expect you to hurt me at some point. And because you will hurt me, I am actually going to forgive you in advance and decide in advance that I'm going to forgive you. Why? Because I'm going to need forgiveness at some point. Because if it's impossible that you'll never hurt me, then it's probably impossible that I'll never hurt you. So knowing this, I need to decide in advance that I'm going to forgive you because if, if I'm going to treat others the way that I'm going to be treated, the, the way that I want to be treated, then I'm going to extend to you forgiveness because at some point I know that I'm going to need it. And if God is going to measure me by that standard, then I want to make sure that the standard I measure you by is full of grace, love, and forgiveness. The reason why forgiveness is so important is because unforgiveness has so much power to control us. There's a super popular quote that says, if you don't forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's because unforgiveness truly has the ability to control us and harm us. Why? Because we are being enslaved to the memory of a feeling and we're allowing that memory to hurt us over and over and over again. So you have to ask yourself, Am I going to be controlled by the feelings of a memory? Am I going to let a memory dictate my peace? Am I going to let a memory dictate my joy? Am I going to be a slave to my feelings? Am I going to be a slave to unforgiveness? Will I be a slave to my emotions? Or will I make my emotions a slave to me? Let me share a scripture with you. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That means anything that makes itself bigger than God or makes itself smarter than the knowledge of God and puffs itself up and says, I'm more important than God. You take that captive and you, you cast it down because it's a lie and you submit that lie to the truth of Christ. So whenever we're walking in unforgiveness, what we're doing is we are actually exalting a memory and we're exalting feelings and we're exalting beliefs over what we know about God. We're saying, uh, God, I know this about you. I know you're a healer. I know you're a forgiver. I know you're a deliverer. But the pain that I went through, we need to be so sold out to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we need to be taking every thought so captive that we say, no matter what I went through, it does not exalt itself over my God, what I know God to be. I know God to be a healer. I know God to be a deliverer. If I can take that thought captive, if I can take those emotions captive and I can submit them under the power of Jesus, then I can truly walk in freedom. Because why? That's what the Bible says. It says it is for freedom I've been set free and I will not be bound again by the yoke of slavery and I will not be bound again by the yoke of unforgiveness. So yeah, this seems like a really big deal. Yeah, this seems like I can't get over it. Yeah, it really seems like the memory of this thing is hurting me over and over and over again. But at some point, we need to make the decision. No, I am not going to be a slave to my feelings. I'm going to make my feelings a slave to me. And I'm going to submit it under the knowledge of what I know my God to be. So that's the why. There's so much at stake. God is preparing you for a future. He has great things planned for you. But you're never going to achieve those things and reach that destination of purpose, of calling, of impact if you're walking in offense and if you're walking in unforgiveness. And the enemy wants to make you bound to your emotions. He, makes, he wants to make you bound to your pain so that you never actually get to experience that promise and experience that, that portion. But God is saying, if you could just forgive and let go, I have so much more waiting for you on the other side. So that's the why. Here's the how. A lot of us know it's important to, get, to forgive, but we don't always know how to forgive. So I'm going to give you three things that you need to do to really ensure you're walking in forgiveness. And these are the three foolproof ways, biblically, that you can walk in forgiveness. The first is that you need to understand that feelings are not facts. Many times we are unsure about whether or not we've forgiven someone because we're relying on our feelings to tell us whether or not we've forgiven. We're saying, oh, if I still feel angry, if I still feel hurt, then obviously I haven't forgiven when that's not necessarily true. You could actually still be dealing with some very real and honest and raw emotions, yet be walking in forgiveness. You may say, how, Amanda? If I'm walking in forgiveness, I should be free from all pain. Well, let me tell you this. In the same way that we say that love is not an emotion, it's truly an action. Love is gentle, love is kind. Um, it is not envy, it doesn't boast, it keeps no record of wrong. We say love is an action, right? Because of scripture, right? 
Well, we have to understand that forgiveness is also an action based on scripture. But here's the thing. You need to know scripture in order to understand that forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is an action. So understand feelings are not facts. And you can be walking in forgiveness and wait for your feelings to catch up. So here's what you'll say. You'll say, God, I'm doing my part. Now I need you to do your part. I'm, I'm doing these things biblically that you tell me to do, to walk in forgiveness. But my feelings aren't there. So God, I'm doing my part. Can you do yours? Can you change my feelings? Can you change the way that I truly feel about this so that I can walk in freedom? Feelings are not facts. That's number one. But let me give you the meat. Number two and, th- number two and three are really going to set you free. Number one, understand that feelings are not facts. Number two, pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. The Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. The Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. So instead of walking in unforgiveness where you are bitter towards your enemies and you're saying, I don't want anything good for them. I don't want to see any good come to pass in their life. If I saw them and they're on the side of the road, I would not help them. You say, you know what? I'm going to pray for your benefit. I'm going to pray that things work out for you. I'm going to pray that you walk in freedom. I'm actually going to pray that God blesses you abundantly. Now, here's the problem. A lot of us will think, well, I don't, I don't want to pray for my enemy. They hurt me. That's the person who did X, Y, Z. That's the person who ruined my life. That's the person who gossiped about me. How is it that I could forgive this person? How is it that I could actually pray for this person? I don't want to pray for them. I don't want anything good to come in their life. But the thing is this, we, we fail to understand that if we pray for our enemies and we pray for God to bless them, one of the first things that God is going to bless them with is a revelation of what they did to you. Why is that? Because a person can't truly walk in blessing and favor without God. And they can't truly walk in right relationship and harmony with God without understanding their offenses toward him. And a person can't truly understand their offenses toward God if they can't understand their offenses toward people. So if a person has hurt you, if they've truly done you wrong, and you're praying for God to bless them, then if God blesses them and he brings them into right standing with him, he's going to let them know exactly what they did to you. Because in order for them to be in right standing with God, they're going to need to confess to him what they have done and come to him and ask him for forgiveness. And so many times we fear praying for God to bless our enemies, but it is, it's those very prayers that, that could be the prayers that open their eyes to see the magnitude of what they did to you. And we don't go around praying like, God, make them see what they did to me. Make them pay for what they did to me. No, we pray for God to just bless them. And he'll decide how he wants to bless them. And one of the best ways God wants to bless people is to make them understand what they've done, but understand what he's done for them. Number one, understand that feelings are not facts. Number two, you need to pray for your enemies. And number three, you need to speak blessings and not curses. Now, we don't use that kind of language a lot in our everyday vocabulary, right? 
So you may be wondering, what does it mean to bless and not curse? That means regardless of what so-and-so did to you, said about you, how they backstabbed you, how someone ruined your life, whatever it may be, regardless of what they did and how badly it affected you, you resolve in your heart, I will not speak ill of them. When someone comes around, I am not going to gossip about them. I am not going to criticize them. I'm not going to make someone else out to look like the bad guy. Why? Because I'm going to bless them and not curse them. In everyday language, this means I'm not going to speak poorly about someone. No matter what they did to me. So a lot of times we'll forgive in our heart. We'll say that we're forgiven, right? Many times we'll say that we've forgiven, but then we'll go around and say, oh, my dad didn't do this. My mom didn't do this. My friend did this. And we're truly bad talking them and bashing them as if we haven't forgiven. If you've truly forgiven, if you're walking in active forgiveness, biblical forgiveness, you're not going to let one ill word leave your mouth about that person. Now, I'm not negating going to therapy. It's important to have someone to talk through the real things that someone did to offend you and to hurt you. And you process that. That's important. But when you're in the company of others and it's not something having to do with your own healing, you're not going to speak ill of them. In fact, you're going to bless them. You're going to speak well of them. So it's not enough to just not speak ill of someone. But in addition to that, you're going to speak well of them. So you're going to pray for your enemies and you are going to bless and not curse. And that's how you walk in active forgiveness. And you may say, well, you know what? I don't really feel like doing that. I don't really feel like praying for my enemy. I don't really feel like speaking well of someone that hurt me so bad. In fact, I really just want to gossip about them. I just want to vent about how much they're hurting me. I want to complain. I want to grumble. I want to walk in bitterness and I want everybody to know how I feel. You may be saying that, but understand this. You can be obedient to God even when you don't want to. You can walk in forgiveness even if you don't feel like it. We like to use the scripture, walk by faith and not by sight. And we like to use it for the big things like stepping out on crazy faith, but a lot of times it takes crazy faith to forgive. A lot of times it takes crazy faith for us to be able to pray for someone who hurt us and Bless them and not curse them. Speak well of them and not speak ill of them. A lot of times it takes a lot of faith for us to do that when we don't feel like it. But what if in that instance, in the instance of forgiveness, you walk by faith and not by sight? You walk by faith and not by feelings. And you make the decision and then your feelings catch up. It's truly understanding that your feelings are not facts. And you're going to pray for your enemies and you're going to bless them and not curse them. Whether or not your feelings have caught up yet. It's when you do those three things that you truly break the enemy's power over your life. You break the curses off of your life. You break the stronghold of unforgiveness. It's when you actively do these things that you break the enemy's power to keep you in a cycle and to keep God's promises from you. Because you're able to walk in freedom. Here's the thing, 
The longer you pray for someone who hurt you and the longer you speak well of them and you don't let an evil word come from your mouth about them, the longer you do that, the freer you get. Your feelings catch up. The faster you recover. I'll go as far to say some people have been walking in unforgiveness for 10, 20, 30 years not understanding that the moment that they start to pray for that other person and speak well of that person, their heart will begin to soften and they can be walking in freedom that they could have been walking in for years. I want to leave you with this. The scripture tells us that we don't overcome evil with evil. We overcome evil with good. So if somebody truly has hurt you, then the best thing that you could possibly do is start to pray for them, start speaking well of them, believing that God is gonna change the way you feel. The enemy wants you to respond with pain, anger, bitterness, so that you can be bound. But what happens when you forgive them and you can start responding with the gospel and you can start uh, telling other people about Jesus and how he allowed you to walk in forgiveness? That is heaping burning coals on the enemy's head. That is stomping on the enemy's head when we can walk in forgiveness. You don't overcome evil with evil. You overcome evil with good. And that's how you're going to walk in full forgiveness. I want to pray for you. Dear Lord, I pray for everybody who's listening to this teaching, God. I pray that um, you would empower them to understand that feelings are not facts. You give them strength to pray for those who have hurt them. And God, I pray that you allow them to speak well of their enemies, speak well of those who have hurt them and not let any evil word come from their mouth, Lord. God, I pray that you would change their feelings. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to make the decision even before their feelings are there, God. And I pray that you would allow us to walk in freedom so that you can get the glory out of our lives. And it's in your son Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're a part of the Confident Woman community, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community and follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident.